You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and as always, Graham Trainer. Hello, sports fans, and and hello, is that Aaron Rodgers I'm doing the show with? I was hoping you weren't going to bring that up. I saw the picture, and it was always it was, the the butt of the joke was Aaron Rodgers looking like a strung out dude on fourth day at a, a fish music <laughs> festival, and I was like, that's pretty close to my look right now. Selling Cadillac converters. Yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm selling. I'm selling you car parts from my chop shop. You got a better beard. You got a better beard. You got a better attitude as well. And, you know, we, I know that uh, we've had a lot of back and forth with Aaron Rod- the Aaron Rodgers saga. And it is, it's just heating up now, Massey. And we're going to get to that, obviously. But yes. it's good to be on the show with you again. Adele, Adele was amazing last week. Adele uh, was on fire voice. last week. Ra- like, kind of raspy, like she's been yelling at two kids and a husband a lot. Um, but she sounded great. She was a little raspy. She had a big weekend. I think some friends were in town, so they had a they had a uh, blowout. Dawson took care of the kids. Adele let loose a little bit. Ooh. Oh, she she had a a weekend before. She was still hungover on Thursday after. <laughs> uh, you know she's getting up there. I know that I'm still on my like two day hangover phase in my life. I wonder where my four day hangover starts. Uh soon enough, Massey. You're, what do we got? Thanksgiving for you? Thirty four. That's that's hangovers for. At least four days, oh, maybe five. Damn. Oh. I wish it, I wish I would change my behavior in accordance to how I felt, but I cannot. I just I just don't because I just. Well, how's my how's my tan? You haven't said anything yet. You were at the we're Jersey. Like you that's right. You were at the Jersey in. Shore, just loving some rum ham, just getting absolutely hammered with the coeds. How did it go? I liked your rum ham joke last week. It was subtle. Uh, it, it, it was subtle. It was pretty subtle. I went, it went well. It was a lot of a lot of talking to the in laws, a lot of a lot of kissing rings, kissing babies. I uh, met met Selfie Queen's niece, who's gonna get you know get drunk with Aunt Evie in like 2040. So that's that's something to look forward to for her. And oh my god, was, I can't uh, believe that's on our radar. Great weather. It's great weather. Great times. Um, but yeah, good, good to be back. Good to be back in 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 Texas. And yeah, good to be back in Texas. We'll be back on the air. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, glad to hear last week. My my biggest show note takeaways: Ward loves baseball. Yes, and he loves all baseball. He likes the MLB, not just minor league, like his uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the part where you were discussing begging for scripts from your doctor. No, I was not script. Yeah, I would say scripts, <laughs> but I would say scripts, but a little less veiled was steroids. One of my oh, coworkers. Steroids. One of my coworker makes fun of my atrophied left arm all the time. And I'm like, dude, lay off my left arm. I just had major shoulder surgery, but I can't. So I'm just like, I have to self like self-deprecate a little bit, but it is troublesome. I'm like, dude, this left arm is gangly. It's soft. It's going to get hurt. If I don't, if I don't get it strong, let's cut some corners. Let's do steroids. Sounds like you're getting bullied at work. And have you done your two push-ups this week? I heard you did one last week. Which um, I, was I have with. not. I guess I could try that on the break, but I have not. I've been moving, and I feel like that has probably equates to two push-ups. I moved two two shelves worth of books 
not like bookshelves, but enough books that fit on two bookshelves. Does that make any sense? Yes. Okay. I felt like that was good PT. How many of those have you read? Um, I'll actually, honestly, probably like 30% of those books. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty it's, good. It's, it's not bad. Books. Yeah. But they're color coded and they're pretty when they're on my bookshelf. So that's the main, the main goal. Apparently. Is this, is this the color coordinated, color coordinated encyclopedia we're talking about here? Well, it's funny. So, uh, being, being in the industry that I am, I, I work with a lot of designers and now there is a company that will ship you books based on color. So if you need like 10 red books, they'll ship you an assortment of 10 red books. Wow. Just to put just to put in people's homes so when they have company over they're like, "Oh, a fool's progress. You are really well read or whatever well-read book, you know, like I just said an Edward, Edward Abbey book, but like, "Oh, look, the the boy who harnessed the wind. That's a yellow book. It looks great with all the other yellow books." Huh. That's interesting. So it's based. It's not based off the actual content of the book. It's based off the spine of the book. The, the I bet you you could probably do both. Cover. I bet you you could buy a book package that's like, "Hey, make me look smarter than I am," and they send you like guns, germs, and steel or something, you know, to put on your <laughs> shelf, you know, just to look to look smarter than you actually are. I might need to order that from the websites instead of all the dumb books that I have. They're like King Killer Chronicles. What's that about? I'm like, oh, it's about this like uh, wizard that's really good at like killing bad guys. And kind of a vigilante style. And people are like, what? I'm like, don't worry about it. Just don't <laughs> worry about it. I never noticed those. I never, never noticed those in your household. Well, all the Tolkien books are uh, covered in duct tape because I bought them all as a one unit. And I was carrying around that one unit, which is like 10,000 pages. So I had to cut them into like three or four books so I could fit them in my backpack and read it on the bus on the way to the hill. No. And I'm not talking yes. about DC the Hill. I'm talking about skiing. I'm not that sweet. I just go skiing. Oh, I, I don't go to the Capitol Hill and try to pass legislation or anything. No, that's your that's your twin half. He's out. He's out of DC. He's back in Charlottesville, baby. Well, I know, but he's close enough. And he did he did spend his time up there keeping he, the keeping the Nationals in the the Capitals relevant. All right, this is a super niche thing to talk about, but uh, my mom was up there helping Troy babysit. Uh, babysit his wife was out of town his eldest went to his grandmother's in dc which is close by my mom went up there to hang out with a tz4 and she was walking around on like a saturday afternoon while troy was busy doing darden stuff grad school stuff and she sent us pictures of the uh, fraternity house front lawn with a band party and i was like dear god those were the days Couldn't we just be like the like the our parents' generation of college kids and go to college for like ten years? Remember when that was cool? I, I did five, and I was I'm still shamed for it in the streets. Yeah, it was like when? You, how long did it take you to graduate from college? My my dad's buddies were like seven years. I'm like, dear God, that sounds awesome. Yeah, undergrad too. There's no there's no grad school in there. It's just it's just undergrad. It's, it's like yeah, I just, I just took like six credits a semester, and I was like, that sounds that sounds brilliant. Tortoise in the hair. I could have used, yeah, I could have used at least till 20, I think till 25. I could have, it would have been a better, uh, better process for me to mature and ease me into the real world. I mean, I thought I was going to come out to Jackson for a summer and that was going to be like, okay, get it all out of my system. 11 years later, I'm like, nah, return to society is not an option. You're, you're moving a library into a new house, Massey. It's 11 years later. Yeah. Look at me. I like teenage fiction. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, plenty, to, plenty to talk about here. Oh, one thing that's worth pointing Almost out. Almost too that, much, too much, too much. That too you, much to talk about. Oh yeah, let's let's get down to it. It is a packed show. We've already wasted too much time talking about gossip and whatever. I can't. I don't even know. We have a full slate of college football. Week three has some. Let's not call it blowout or blockbuster games, but pretty close in in our realm. And then and we have a full NFL slate. We didn't even get to the NFL last week. So we have to go through that. So let's go ahead and start with the huddle. I think we should only have one category, per, I mean, one thing per category since we have so much football to talk about. Yeah, I kept it to one. I might have like a little mini one to sneak in there. Sure. But I, won't, I, won't, I will not pontificate. That's a that's a $10 word. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I think that's right. Does that mean like kind of exaggerate, embellish, or continue to speak on something? Or does pontificate mean think about something? You're telling me, bro. I don't now know. I don't even know what my $10 word is all about. Oh, okay. Look it up. Let's huddle up. It is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on in your quote slash question of the week. I'll kick it to you. Graham, what is your good news of the week? Massey, Zeman. Yes. Jameis, Winston, our mm-hmm. Jameis Winston. We yes. dropped that We dropped that zero to Sean Watson, and we picked up a hero in Jameis Winston. Five touchdowns in 150 yards, a less than 150 yards. Beating the Aaron Rodgers led in quotes Green Bay Packers. Yes, beating them thirty-eight to three. Breeze saying, "I guess apparently this is what the Saints have been missing." What yes. is going on in New in New Orleans, or should I say Jacksonville, wherever they played this game? That was the biggest part. I thought the the Saints crowd was going to get Green Bay a little not rattled because they're professionals, but at least have an effect on the game. I was worried about it being in Jacksonville. I thought that was going to be their edge turns out Jameis Winston is their edge and throws 40 yard bombs I don't understand how he only had 138 yards in the air but he had two two like 40 yard touchdown passes is that right so there's 80 yards I, I, right there so there's that like seems too, yes that seems too high even for two of his passes I know I know so it, it was when I looked at the stat line at the end of the game, I was like, wait, what? I thought I saw more, but apparently I, I didn't. And Alvin Kamara, just so freaking good. He's so good. Yeah, even for going to Tennessee, pretty good. Well, you know, he's a trans- he transferred from Alabama. I didn't know that. Just, Isn't everybody? Just, the coaches, the players, just, everybody does. Just they saying, they, he's they really can't. a Nick Saban product when you boil it down. Oh, God. He can't sniff the top four on the running back depth chart at in Tuscaloosa, so he's got to go elsewhere. Yeah, play turn- for an inferior SEC team. But yeah, twenty passes. That was what I was saying. Twenty passes. So that's a touchdown every four passes. Yes. for Jameis within that period of those five touchdowns. I don't know what really know the stat line after that, but once I noticed that stat line, I was just like that. That was amazing. I got to a place, started watching that game. At that point, he had just thrown his fifth, so I didn't get to see the the first four. But I was just like in awe of that stat at the bottom. And him, him throwing a ball away. That was his favorite pass of the whole game. Yeah, so that was mine. Him. I was like, nice, dude. <laughs> Discretion. Nice. <laughs> um, what is what is really interesting about Jameis is one, he's super, he's super cheap. He only costing the Saints, what, like two or three million bucks. That being said, he's also in a position where he is he had to beat out Taysom Hill. I don't know if Sean Payton was playing coy with that call or not. But at least the media ran with Taysom Hill as the quarterback. Jameis Winston had to beat him out in camp. He's having to revive his uh, image as a QB, although he threw 
5,000 yards the last time he was starting QB for the Bucs. Um, he's just having to earn it, which I think is a much different position than walking into a situation with another quarterback battle saying, who's better? Okay, we'll go We'll go with A or B. He's trying to reemerge, kind of like Sam Darnold in the Panthers. He's trying to do, define himself as a – redefine himself as a quarterback in this league. And I think it get, m- lets him have a different mentality. He's yeah, hungry. Yeah, we're also be hungry. And even, even – um even without the your love for the Saints and you know I'll put the Saints in my top five favorite teams because because we're 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 a family show we're family we're family um, although the Cowboys actually I don't know if I had the Cowboys ranked I don't know easy, easy I don't I don't easy, know if I easy. Okay, I I will I will but I'll steal this <laughs> line from the Arkansas Texas game I don't know if you. I don't know. I don't know how to phrase this, but I feel like you hate the Cowboys more out of the two me? of us. Oh, oh yeah, I, I love you. They hurt me more. They hurt me more than they hurt you. They, they hurt. It they hurts. You. It hurts you to see me hurt. That and I'm just. I just think that you hate the Cowboys organization. Although I think there's a lot to love about the Cowboys this year. I think you do hate the Cowboys organization and want it restructured. So. I don't think I hate the Cowboys as much as you hate the Cowboys because it's like one of those siblings that like did you wrong 20 years ago and you haven't talked Ooh. to them in 20 years or something like some old sibling rivalry. I'm not talking about talking from like a personal standpoint. I'm talking about like Hatfield McCoys type stuff. Wait, is there a fifth Zeman kid that you're estranged from? There's so many Zemans in Mobile. You think Zeman's a weird <laughs> name, but you get, you go to Catholic Mobile and we're all Catholic and we all had like – Back in the day, we all had like eight offspring, and there's like 250 Siemens. I know 25 of them. So, yeah, and I, I love that. I, I hope someday I get invited down to the Bay or down to the Gulf and Bay Gulf, whatever, Bay Bears. Bay Bears game. We'll we're, Bay Bears we're on game the Bay. The Gulf is for the yuppies, Graham. We're backwater folk. That's my bad. The yuppies like me in Jersey Shore, the nice part of it. Yes. Um, but what I was getting at was we are a second – quarterbacks in their second team – second chance podcast exactly and even though without Jameis being a saint we still love to see the second time around we love i love seeing what happens with, with darnold you got a a matchup this week mm-hmm. between the saints and the panthers where it's both uh quarterbacks getting a second chance kind of like teddy bridgewater i mean he did well this is his yeah, third he's on his third fourth uh fourth right vikings saints Panthers, Broncos. Oh yeah, Saints. I almost forgot about the Saints. Yeah, Panthers. Yeah, he's Broncos. nine and one as a as a starter or something. Or like, no, that can't be right because he lost a bunch of Carolina. I can't remember. He maybe maybe minus Carolina games. He's nine and one. Maybe. And he didn't like he didn't even like playing for the Panthers. He obviously said some things, some choice things about the way they practice or something going out the door. I don't know. Yeah, he I still said, like him. He said my mini, my miniature good news, breaking news before we got on the show: the Colts are going to do a midseason hard knocks. Oh, you just took this away from me. This was my uh, question, question oh. of the week. This my is bad. well, okay. This is, is this good news? Because hard knocks stinks. They've stunk for a while. They know it. All the preseason stuff is not that fun to watch. We get excited to watch it because we get to see the sprinklers come on over the field and we get to see some really tight spirals from QBs and shorts. And we're like, Oh yeah, football is back. But what are we going to do about it 
in November. I think it's more a more compelling storyline. But with the Colts, do we do we have something there? Or like in November, are they going to be? They might be playing for the playoff lives. That 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 that's a possibility. Even if they're not, it'll be interesting to see like what if things are going sour with Wentz. Wentz wasn't loved in his locker room with with the Eagles, and like we saw with the Cowboys, the owner was the star of the show. Jim Irsay talking about stealing scripts and having a briefcase full of pills. He will be the star of the Colts. Hard knocks, I promise you that. Really? I give me give me the one minute version of Jim Ursay that the that the listeners don't know. Um, he had a full briefcase of I, I pills of some sort that he would carry around. He got busted with it. He used to like handcuff himself to the briefcase and go to meetings with it. So he's an interesting fellow. I think he'll be very entertaining and good for television. Where did he get busted with a suitcase full of pills? It's so it's so long ago, Massey. It's pre-pandemic. I can't even remember. I've completely forgot. We're we're in our third round or fourth round of pandemic. I can't even I can't even keep them all straight. So <laughs> yeah. here we are, twenty twenty one. Mess with my memory. My good news of the week: the ACC slate for you. Uh, the ACC slate has come out, and UVA gets Duke twice. Coach K's, Ooh. Coach K's, whatever. Retirement. Retirement. Run, what 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 are we calling Coach K's? Just absolute BS way he's retiring. I'm gonna retire this year, so everyone's gonna oh, have okay. some some farewell stupid tour? video farewell tour, some stupid yeah. video of Coach K. I hope we embarrass him on February seventh and February twenty third. Cannot Which wait. One is the second one at home, or the second one at Cameron. Twenty third is that as at home. Late February. We're real, that's that's when we're, everyone's jostling for position in the ACC regular season, trying to figure out the ACC tournament standings, and I want him to lose. I want him to lose every single game. I want him to lose so much that he fakes a back injury and goes into retirement. Yeah, and finds a way to you know get out of the season early. Exactly. Like God. Uh, maybe it wasn't good news. I'm gritting my teeth. All right, give me your critical number of the week. <laughs> Mine is 5 in 12. Five in twelve. As in the letter N. As in as in I N. As in inside. Oh, five and twelve. I have no idea. Five coaches in twelve years for the USC Trojans. This is since Pete Carroll departed for the Seattle Seahawks. This includes fan favorites, show favorites such as Lane Kiffin and Drunk Sark. Um, and right now, yeah, Clay Helton, I believe is his name. Todd yes. Helton's brother, I guess. He got fired. Yes. After, after game two? After Stanford? Yeah. So I think this is a very interesting thing, and I think we should unpackage this right now instead of waiting till later. But Clay Helton is out. I think he won nine games the last nine games a year for the last five years or something, and USC just like is still entrenched in their idea that we are a national powerhouse. And it's very funny how fans will hold on to their like moment moments of like brilliance and success, for instance. Uh, like I don't, Nebraska, Nebraska thinks they're still winning championships. They haven't won one since the late nineties. Um, I don't know if they've won a big 10 game. That's a, an excellent point. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of some other, some others off the top of my head that think they're in the national conversation, Notre Dame, but they, they kind of are still, um, UT, Texas, Texas completely blinded by the fact that they're not that good. They still think they're national their money says otherwise, meaning their the money they spend on their program is number one in the country. But Texas, they all think 
that they're like, okay, we're a coach away. We're one hire away from being back on the national spotlight, which means they, they don't take into account the fact they have to recruit for four years before those guys are seniors in order like you gotta get you gotta get your guys. They're unaware of the process. But USC still has that brand and that loyalty. Like UCLA is with Chip Kelly, arguably a better team. We still don't know. Um, upset alert for Fresno State, by the way. UCLA at Fresno Ooh, State or like Fresno State at UCLA. Uh Pac twelve after dark that is that uh that kickoff. Oh man, I wish I wish uh Bill Walton was doing it. <laughs> Me too. Um <laughs> point point being is maybe you can elaborate on this, but USC does think of themselves as a, a perennial powerhouse, and they just haven't been that since Pete Carroll. Yeah, I mean, you think about um, all the – I'm sure the old alumni, the old boosters are like, well, why wouldn't these – they look at the coaches in 12, the last 12 years, five of them underperforming, not being able to recruit. all the Like we've gone through a million times, all the recruits they're losing from the Pacific Coast, states, et cetera, even like Hawaii – um, they are going to the SEC. They've lost plenty of talent to SEC schools. And the older uh, generations think that USC has all this prestige. Like like they're yeah. going to be able to talk a kid into going to a school that Reggie Bush played at. A, 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 a kid that was one year, one year old when Reggie Bush played. Reggie Bush has been basically discarded from USC history. And nobody shame. knows who Matt Leinart and, and – and, uh, um, Carson Palmer are anymore. So it's like, they're not going to, they won't go to Oregon where the flashy uniforms are. If they're, right. they're not going to do that, they're going to go to the SEC. So they just got to get over that. And they got to, they got to get back to their roots and find a coach that has that flash, that pizzazz. And I think that's where they're, they're kind of doing all this homegrown kind of football guys. And they need to find a guy who just can go out and wow some kids. They, it's, it's surprising they did it after week two because all the coaches that they want are like, we're, we're at the beginning of our seasons. We cannot even take interviews right now. I'm we're so freaking busy. And you're and a point that you brought up is like it's USC and Oregon out there, right? That Pac-12 like flagship programs are USC and Oregon, Oregon and if you get hired as a USC coach, you better make a splash, meaning you better be a high caliber coach, but you'd only have Oregon standing in your way to being in the college football playoff. Like that's your only real team to order to do it, which I think is attractive to coaches. Like think about all the coaches in the just piled into the SEC West right now that only one of them can make it to the SEC championship and make it to the college football playoff. Teams in the East can lose the SEC championship and still potentially make it. I'm looking at you, Georgia, right now, ranked at number two. Um, point is like, and this is where I want to get into potential coaching hires, but like, why wouldn't a James oh, yeah. Franklin from Penn State want to go to USC and say, okay, instead of having to worry about all my Big Ten foes like Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, you go to the Pac-12 and you say Oregon. That is your that is your list. Yeah, and you should be like the flagship uh, team of the Pac-12 South. The Every fan year, base, the fan base is there too. Like the fans yeah. are ready, ready to do it. I mean, there's so much to do in LA. They don't. They're not going to waste their time to travel to Pasadena to go watch their team lose to Stanford by a zillion points. They got better stuff to do. But if you put 
I mean, when Texas and USC played in what, 2005, six for the national championship, there, was, there were three Heisman players on the, on the field and two of them are from USC. Like, can they get that back? And I think they can, if they get a splashy hire. Now let's talk about potential hires. I have my list, but I'd like to go, go ahead and give you first choice on who you'd like to see at USC. Deion Sanders. Oh, damn it. No way. All right. Seriously? Yeah, Deion Sanders, but I, I held it back because I think Deion, <laughs> after Florida State lost, and this I'll get to it in a, in a bit, but after Florida State lost to Jackson State, I thought Deion Sanders would be a better fit at Florida State. But Deion Sanders at USC, prime coach, prime at USC, the recruits would flo- flock back to California. That's all that, if it, if it's, it's a guy with a personality who has more than him. He's got some coaching experience, so it's more about the personality. It's 80% personality, 20% X's and O's. That is Deion Sanders. And I know he's coaching at Jackson State Central Western University, but mm. why not Why not just 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 pluck him? Do it. I mean, I'd be the most amazing splash hire out there. It, it would. It would. Okay, so this is, this is the most popular take, and because everyone looks at Urban Meyer in Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence, and it's like, this is not going to work. Urban Meyer, we thought he was a college coach through and through. There's already rumors circulating, and maybe that's just a media push to push the storylines, but people don't want to play for Urban Meyer that tells him, like, don't forget to drink water. They're like, yeah, we're professional athletes. We'll drink water. Like, <laughs> hydrate and rest. You're like, shut the hell up. I have a I have a cook that, that specializes in the perfect meal for me for my top performance and a nutritionist and a and a physical therapist and all this extra private stuff. I don't need you to tell me to hit the ice baths after after practice like Urban, you don't fit. I don't think Urban Meyer is the man. I think he's going to wait until Brian Kelly in Notre Dame gets fired and then make the jump back to college. But Urban Meyer is the ah. is the headline name that I'd like to sit say i also thought james franklin but let's dig dig a little deeper luke fickle that we mentioned earlier in the season and matt campbell luke fickle at cincinnati matt campbell at iowa state those two guys seem primed to take over a larger program your thoughts yeah i like those picks um i was trying to remember i'm glad you 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 said uh the cincinnati's coach's name i remember matt campbell's name from iowa state because i couldn't think of what's his name fickle yeah luke fickle Fickle is Einhorn. Um, yeah, those are obviously the guys, those 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 coaches at smaller schools that are like primed to like make that graduation to a bigger school in USC. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of play. There's I, I think Urban Meyer. I don't think he's halfway to LA right now. You know, middle of the night, kind of like the Baltimore Colts moving to Indianapolis. I don't think that's happening as we speak. It might be. Who knows? I do like the call on he'll jump back if, if Brian Kelly win and if red face murderer gets uh, fired by Notre Dame. But I think that Urban Meyer right now is just being trolled by the media. We need some yeah. storylines after they get, they get beaten by a team I thought was going to go 0-17. I was wrong. Tyrod Taylor playing out of his mind for the Houston Texans. Proud of him. I love but, I love that. I love that he got stabbed in the lung before the opening game last year by a trainer in, in, char- in the Chargers locker room gets beat out by Justin Herbert, and then it's like, crap, I don't have a job anymore. And it goes down to Texas and balls out, at least in his first game. Yeah. 
And then there's obviously the other, you know, there's the there's the Lane Kiffin I've already heard, but he just got the Ole Miss job and he's in the SEC West and like he's kind of in a good spot now. I think it's kind of fun to keep him where he is. And I think it's like kind of in his wheelhouse. He's already done a USC stint anyway. That would so be like your second like, marriage, Lane Kiffin and USC. They exactly. left him on the tarmac. Like, can anybody with any sense of pride go back to a go back to their former former wife in this case, ex-wife in this case, and say, remember when you left me at the airport and we never talked again? Yeah, I'm ready to m- marry up one more time. That's as hard for me to envision. It's been done before, but not in such a public way. So um, <laughs> the other – the other one I was thinking right now, uh, as we speak, he's being rehabilitated with the Crimson Tide, Bill O'Brien. Oh, yeah. did He was not on my radar, but that makes total sense. You know, rehab rehab you, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Benemy, the uh, yes. Kansas, Kansas City uh, offensive coordinator who should have gotten a job, as should have Todd Bowles, but they both went to the Super Bowl. You can't interview them or you can't really take a job when you're still going to the Super Bowl, which is a problem because the best – coordinators make it to the Super Bowl and then they can't take jobs so it's weird um I was thinking also kind of a wild card Byron Leftwich, college oh, guy hey offensive coordinator for the Bucks, done a great job I know you know Tom Brady deserves all the credit in the world for turning the Bucks around but Byron Leftwich d- did a great job with that team last year obviously at, on an offensive coordinator and you know he's just I think he's he's my wild card I, I love all the ones you're saying here's here's a sneaky one um that I don't Phillip think Rivers. we're gonna well yes a um <laughs> no, I didn't think about him. Um Dan Mullen out of Florida. Yeah, I just I if you have that SEC job, it's just hard, especially not you know, an SEC job not at a not at a Vanderbilt or a Kentucky. You got the you got a Florida job, you got a Georgia job. I know that you know, obviously the West is better, but it's hard for me to say it's a it's an upgrade these days. USC is not an upgrade from Florida in my book. It used to be in okay. the odds. Fair, fair. Um but in the odds, like you know, Nickelback was the most, the high, high, most highly successful rock band in the world. It's just a different era. <laughs> We're living in a different time. It's <laughs> it's fascinating that they chose week two. They were just embarrassed after Stanford, and someone had a knee jerk reaction. They should have let him ride out, see how the season fleshes itself out. Because Urban Meyer goes is sitting there at zero and twelve. Um, yeah. then that's more of a realistic expectation, or like. James Franklin doesn't beat Auburn on Saturday and he's sitting at a couple of games above 500 in, 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 I don't know, 10 weeks, which I don't think they will. I think Penn state's a little better than people give them credit. Um, then, then you get more traction, you get more buzz. This is going to go on the back burner for coaches for the next, I would say two months before anything pops up on their radar. And at that point, as USC, you might have an interim coach that the team falls in love with, and you're kind of stuck with him until the ne- for two years until the next coaching vacancy happens. So, like, USC did this incorrectly. They just got their, you know, they got they got beat. They got beat bad by a rival, and, they, and they're upset. And it, they, they look kind of, like, foolish doing this. Yeah, and this isn't Stanford with Andrew Locke and Jim Harbaugh. This is Stanford who's down their luck, Stanford. I think the biggest issue, that, and this is the last thing we can do on Urban Meyer and USC, is I think what happened with USC is, and why Urban Meyer's name got brought up, besides just kind of trolling him, so he looks uncomfortable at press conferences, which is great. Yeah. But I think maybe in a room somewhere in L.A. at USC, 
somebody said, damn it, we should have known Clay Helton wasn't going to work out. We should have just made this move. Urban Meyer was out there before the Jags even got him. I bet somebody said that in a room. Somebody caught wind of it, and it's just been running. Well, that's a good point. If they would have done this at the end of the January of last year, Urban Meyer yep, probably yep. would be the coach of USC right now. Yep. Um, we're already thirty minutes in. We've made it to the critical number, of my critical <laughs> number. So let's 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 go on. One hundred thousand dollars. Ooh, uh, my salary someday. Yeah, jeez, uh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, Arkansas is fined after the fans stormed the field, beating Texas 40-21 to in one of the oldest rivalries. If you go back to Texas and Arkansas, they played 95 times or something like that. So this oh, was great. A- yeah, there's some ESPN classics where it's like the 1972 Cotton Bowl, and it's Arkansas-Texas, and it's, it's pretty funny to watch. It's a great, like, people-watching experience. And maybe I'll turn this into my stuck on since. Well, let's 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 just continue on down this road. Here's a hot take. I think Texas came to the SEC West. They got beat by a bottom of the bottom SEC West team. They got embarrassed. Everyone's saying, "Well, welcome to the SEC. Texas won't be able to compete." Somewhere in the back of my brain, I think give Texas three or four years in the SEC, and players will they'll have a better job recruiting with that SEC stamp next to their name and they'll be good again. I mean, that's a good, that's a good sweet uh, glasses have full take from a, from a true Texas fan and yourself. Then I want them to get beat by every powerhouse. I want them to be beat by Texas A&M, <laughs> Alabama, LSU, which stinks, but I'm assuming that after they fire Ed, Ed Orgeron, that they'll have a, another splashy head coach that can give them back up to re- relevance. I think LSU is bad. Um, why don't you come down? Why don't you come down in your sissy blue shirt? That is the that's such a bad t- like such a bad visual of Ed Orgeron talking trash to some uh, random UCLA fan and getting run out of the stadium. Um, and UCLA is not that good. I mean, they're good, but was, they're not that good. He was Ed Coach Coach O was quick on his toes saying the word sissy because. There's several words I thought that he, <laughs> he could have gone through his head. Yeah, and just, from a guy wearing purple, it's like, come on, dude. You're uh, wearing, like, yeah. purple and gold, man. You're not looking much, much, much harder, you know. Um, what is your stuck on of the week? Oh, um, I really liked it. It was the Manning cast. Yes, uh, okay. It was great. My stuck on, I've got kind of two on this one is, and I don't really care if, if Manning cast is, I think the ESPN is going to have an issue where they're like, do people even want to listen to the main cast anymore? And they're going to have this kind of division, this rivalry between telecasts, which I think will be hilarious. And ESPN, I love drama there. So great for that. My bigger stock is when we created this show, we created it on a couch watching Sunday ticket at my old place. Mm-hmm. We, we made the Manning cast. Oh, I know C- we're not ex, ESPN ex, cease and not, desist. Hall, of, Hall of fame. Exactly. Hall of fame, ex quarterbacks with celebrities and Russell Wilson coming on. But we had something there before Manning Cast even existed. That being said, the Manning Cast it started off too much, right? Like they, it was too much Eli and Peyton back and forth, and then somewhere like at second in the second half of the game, they ran out of all their their stuff. They ran out ran out of all their jokes, and Peyton Manning calmed down a little bit, and they just sat there and watched <laughs> football. And it seemed like the Mannings were just talking football in my living room. And it was so fun to listen to them 
not predict the plays, kind of like Tony Romo, they, they did do that, mm-hmm. but they're like, hey, this is what should happen on this play. And, for instance, when the Raiders had that ridiculous series right there at the one-inch yard line in overtime, Eli yeah. was like, keep it simple, don't do a hard count, um, QB sneak mm-hmm. right up the gut, let's finish this game. Yeah. Derek Hart did a hard count, one of his guys jumped off sides, and I'm assuming that everyone said, oh, how could you be so dumb if you're the Raiders? But it really was on Derek Card to keep it simple and be like, hey, if these guys jump off sides, they're going to move the ball one inch. They're not going to move it any closer to the goal line. Keep it simple and set your team up for success. And he didn't do that. And instead of shifting the blame to like, oh, it's the Raiders, they're hapless, it was instead kind of like the QB's fault. I'm like, no, you should have been smarter. You should have been you should have made it more simple as a as a football player. And I thought that was great to watch. Oh yeah, it was great. I love hearing Eli with some football insight instead of just manning face with the flies buzzing around his mouth on the sideline and him saying they thought they just won because uh I think Brandon Edwards is his name, Edwards, the receiver for the Raiders who barely missed a touchdown before they obviously had the awful turnover at, on the goal line. He said, well, your, your whole team and your offensive linemen especially think they just won the game. Everybody's jacked up after hugging and basically saying we're going home, a winner beating Baltimore on Monday Night Football. And all of a sudden they have to calm their nerves down and get back into the, you know, get back into a play. There were some jersey like swaps said, going on. Players had to get their jerseys yeah, back yeah. from the opposing team. Like that game was th- they thought was <laughs> over. They're like, oh, crap. Lamar Jackson was like, oh, crap, where's my jersey? Yeah. I mean, I just love the I just love the casual nature of it. It's kind of like you know, SDP's done a good job at Sports Center, is where he kind of turns it into like a talk show, where it's like he's got like guests, he's got people come in on you know on Zoom, etc. He's got Stanford Steve. He makes it more into like a you know a David Letterman show, and it's kind of more like casual and fun in that way. And I like how they had people coming in. Russell Wilson was like, "Hey, it's I, I probably should go home now or go to sleep or whatever, but I want to watch overtime with you guys," which you know gained some respect there too. So I I, I had a blast. Um, yeah, I think that's the way I'm going to watch Monday Night Football, honestly. Yeah, I don't think I'm going back. I, don't think, I like Lewis Riddick a lot, but I don't think I'm going back to the I, other one. Yeah. Um, something I'm stuck on, we mentioned earlier, Florida State lost to Jackson State in an embarrassing, an embarrassing way where Jackson State ran four deep and caught FSU in like a 3-4 defense with one second left on the clock. It was just embarrassing. We thought Florida State was – you saw that tomahawk chop on Labor Day – you saw the fans. It's like football is better when Florida State is good. We saw them play Notre Dame, two historical programs. Like, okay, both these teams look good. All of this is fun. It's fun to watch. Turns out FSU is frauds. Notre Dame is on their way to being exposed as frauds. They barely beat, what was it, Tulsa? Um, yeah. That was my my stuck on. But let's breeze through that. And, and I don't have a quote question of the week because mine was the hard knocks. Uh, in November with the Colts. So give me your quotes last question of the week before we head to the NFL slate. Yeah, only one thing on that is I literally had to look up. I didn't see any of this Florida State loss, but I thought to myself, isn't Deion Sanders the coach of that team that just beat Florida State? I had to look it up. And I was like, oh, wait, he's Jackson something else state, not this team, because I had no idea who this team was that beat Florida State. I was, anyway, okay, hold on. Yeah. I was watching this with Dawson, and uh-huh. we both – caught the cheerleaders reactions as the guy crosses the end zone and they and they all turn towards the crowd they don't know that the camera like they're in the bottom corner of the camera angle and the shock on their face was just like oh my god did that just happen like this is embarrassing 
Uh, anyway, continue. What's your quote slash question of the week? Oh, yeah. Mine's quick. Uh, not too many people have reached this milestone. It's an awesome accomplishment. I love strikeouts. This is Max Scherzer. He reached the 3,000 strikeout mark. Only 19 players in MLB history have done this. And there's been a lot of crazy dead ball era, you know, back when Cy Young would win 500 mm-hmm. games, when strikeouts were easy. It's a pretty awesome stat in a sport that has been watered down with awful hitting stats because of steroids and you know, spider tack and he's never been questioned. And like, it's just nice to see. I love strikeouts. I think it's the most exciting play in baseball personally, but like when the win is dead in baseball, where there's no pitchers anymore that are going to get to 300 wins to see pitchers still get 3000 strikeouts is an exciting um, achievement for Max Scherzer. Who's just a gamesman who, who has two different colored eyes, who likes to fight everybody. Awesome dude. I, I, I do. I do like out of all the baseball players. I do like him. Um, yeah. I teased the NFL slate, but maybe we should go to our college pick since there has been quite a bit of uh, let's just call, a, a little, but let's remind the listeners what we do. Uh, each week we go through a process of the grand picks four teams at the beginning of the year. I pick four teams at the beginning of the year, and we do it waiver wire st- style. You had the first pick off the waiver wire. Uh, my four teams were are Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, Iowa State. Grams are Oklahoma, yeah. Georgia, Texas A&M, and Notre Dame. I think yeah. I think yeah, just absolutely disgusting, especially Texas A&M and Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> Ohio State, Clemson, Iowa State have lost on my side. Let's see, uh, Texas A&M just lost their quarterback, almost lost to Colorado last week, and a Notre Dame are complete frauds with Purdue coming in. They're on upset alert, might I add. But, Graham, it is your first pick. Would you like to keep your four, or would you like to pick somebody else up? I would like to intelligently keep Georgia Bulldogs, number two, Oklahoma Sooners, number three. I want to drop Notre Dame, who's fallen to number 12 after being number nine when I picked them. Yeah, almost losing to Tulsa. And they should have lost at Florida State. Yeah. I'm going to drop them for Oregon, even though Oregon, the Ducks, who we already the aforementioned Ducks, who we've already spoken about, they have lost their – I think they call him their best player, um, their linebacker for the season. But like they say, Massey, next man up, Oregon Ducks, put them in. All right. I thought I thought you were going to go there. So I had a, I had I went, a, ba- I had I a backup. I'm going to keep – obviously I'm going to keep Bama. They play Florida this weekend. Um. Gonna keep you sure? yeah, positive. Right. Um, although I will say Bryce Young going into Tallahassee first time in the swamp, it's gonna be closer than people think. It's gonna be fourth quarter. Alabama's gonna win by maybe maybe ten. I don't think it'll be like a touchdown thing. I think that environment, everyone's underrating Florida. There's still that quarterback controversy between Emory Emory Jones and and. Um, Anthony Richardson, uh, Anthony Richardson's number fifteen. Have you heard his nickname? No, I know. I heard, I know he's huge. His nickname is AR fifteen. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's pretty like, good. Like, like AK forty seven back on the the old Jazz. Uh, Andre Kirilenko. NBA so, season's over, but just had to throw it out there. Bama is uh, favored by fourteen and a half. Dan Mullen is an underrated quarterback guru. I mean, he had Dak Prescott, Kyle Trask, Alex Smith. Felipe Franks, Tim Tebow, he coached all those guys. 
Dan Mullen it runs his mouth. I think the swamp is going to be loud. It's a CBS environment. I think it's at 1.30 our time, Mountain Standard Time. First CBS game of, of the year. It's going to be loud. I think Bama won't cover, but they will will pull it off. So I'm sticking with Bama. Ohio State's loss to Oregon I don't think will cost them that much. I think Oregon's the real deal. I think they'll look back on this game and say, well, they lost to a really good Oregon team. I'm going to keep them. Clemson is going to go through their entire ACC slate undefeated the rest of the way. I don't know if their one loss is going to hold them back that much, but with the Pac-12 surging, they might be on the outside looking in. I still I still like them because Dabo is going to go into a press conference and and just sell the Clemson Tigers the entire time late in November. Just mark my words. Dabo's going to be like, you don't understand how good Pitts runs defense is. And you're like, shut up, Dabo. Um, so I'm going to keep them, but I'm going to drop Iowa State. I don't think there is the real deal as we thought. And I'm going to pick up Iowa out of the Big Ten West. They play Penn State and Wisconsin on their way to winning the Big Ten West and having a showdown with Ohio State and Indianapolis. You know what, Massey, I'm, I'm a nice enough guy. I'll let you just keep the whole state of Iowa. You don't even have to make that drop. Um, you have the whole state. Okay. All right. Iowa, <laughs> Iowa State is in is in Massey's corner. I hope I hope it works out. Um, Damn it. I was so I was hoping you yeah, I was hoping you would uh I was hoping you'd shed a layer here, as they say in, in the ski world. Um mm, that's tough. I don't want to keep the Aggies. But you're gonna do it, do it. I just dude. do. I, do I hope? Do I hope A&M just has a backup that could be as good? I mean, it's happened before where a kid came in and outperformed his his superior. A king is gonna be back mid October. Granted, they do play when he comes back. They say mid October. I think they play Bama October 9th. So that's gonna be kind of a squeaker. All right, let's do it. Let's drop them. We'll go Cincinnati. Cincinnati, they play Indiana this weekend in their first like feather in their cap game where they're trying to, out of the group of five, go into a power five opponent and try. They have what? Indi- Indiana and Notre Dame to like make their case, both of which aren't that good. But this is intriguing because I think Cincinnati has like three and a half points on the road. Yeah. I mean, they got, they've got a really good coach, really good quarterback. And Stickle. I feel like if, you know, somehow down the down the road, if all these teams have beaten up by each other in Cincinnati, this ranked this high in mid-September can stay undefeated on the season, there's a chance they can be that four team. So I'll just stick with – I'll not stick with. I will remove Texas A&M from my life, thankfully, and Notre Dame and go with Cincinnati. That's got to be a relief off your shoulders, though. It is. I did not like having those other two teams. Okay. All right, I think there's uh, two other games worth mentioning in college before we get to the NFL slate. Once, Like we said, packed show. Auburn goes to uh, Happy Valley, plays Penn State. Bo Nix, do you know their running back's name? Because it's the best running back name in college football. Auburn's. Cadillac Williams. Tank Bigsby. Hell oh, yeah. Man, they have the best names. They have the, the best, best names. Running back. Best names. Bo Nix and Tank Bigsby versus I forget who their coach's name from Boise State, but he's never coached in an environment like Beaver Stadium versus James Franklin and Sean Clifford, who's the quarterback for Penn State. 
Um, James Franklin's distracted a little bit about the USC vacancy. The media is barraging him a little bit. He's like, I got a game to play. I think Penn State comes out and covers the five and a half, and they beat Auburn. They might beat Auburn by two touchdowns, three touchdowns. So you got Brian Harson. Is that ringing a bell? The Auburn coach. He's is that the right? State guy you're referring to. Yeah, he's not played. He's not seen big boy football like this. I don't think. Well, Boise State might be a Big Twelve team in a couple of years, Massey. That's big boy football right there. Well, he didn't. He didn't stick it out long enough to see it. So I, I think it's also a wideout. I think Bo Nix is not very good on the road. In fact, the the numbers show that he's not very good on on the road. I think they're going to get rattled. I don't think Auburn has what it takes to go up against a seasoned Penn State team. He's already beaten Wisconsin on the road, so they know what they are. They they have their identity already in week three. I think Penn State's more of a final product than Auburn because we don't know what Auburn is. They, they beat Alabama A&M and Akron. Like, they're like, oh, well, look at all the points you put up. You're like, dude, those, those guys were looking for a payday. They went to Auburn, got paid, going back to their program, and they're buying like more equipment. Like That's the games that you played in Auburn. Penn State has played meaning, a meaningful game in Wisconsin. James Franklin patting his resume for that USC job. Bo Nix, I feel like, has been the quarterback – at Auburn since Cam Newton left. I feel like he's been there. That forever. might be accurate. I can't I remember. It seems like seems like he's done the old the olden days of the, the boomer staying in college for seven years, but maybe I'm wrong. Um finally our game, UVA at <clears throat> UVA at UNC. UNC is favored by eight. This is the South's oldest rivalry. Did you know that it had the title? South oldest rivalry? Yeah. Yeah. Like the hundred and fiftieth time they've met. Um Sam Howell, which is He's predicted he's the quarterback for UNC. He's predicted to be the first quarterback off the board in this upcoming draft. UNC has graduated a lot of their skilled position players. Despite UNC being so favored, UVA has won four straight uh, in the last four meetings. This year, UVA has put up over 40 points in each game. Brennan Armstrong has thrown for nine touchdowns this year. Granted, it was against William & Mary and a Brett Bielema, Illinois. Ooh. Bronco Mendenhall using the transfer, transfer portal and among other things seems to have UVA in – they like have balled in. Does that make any sense? Yeah. This is the late game on ESPN. Um they understand the system now. Some of his plays are goofy. They line up kind of weird, but it's just seeming to work. That's UVA's identity. They're not going to line up every single week and just beat you man to man. They're going to have a little bit of, you know, what am I trying to say? Uh, oddness to them where you're going to have to plan for them. Uh, if you're UNC, you have to go out of your usual game plan and say, okay, they're, they're, they're going to line up this way. They're going to have this odd lineup that way. We have to adjust, much like the pack line defense and Tony Bennett. They're not used to seeing it. I like UVA in this game. Make it five straight. Let's do it. I like it. I want them to win on the road. I want them to beat UNC, who's only lost. They've, they've lost to Virginia Tech. Yes. Virginia Tech is garbage. Top. They're 15th now, so – that would put that would get me excited for that showdown later on in the year, which isn't as late as it used to be, right? That's not like a Thanksgiving game anymore. Virginia Tech, uh, UVA. COVID completely warped my brain. I always thought it was Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, I think, I think it got it got moved up a little bit this year. But yeah, I'm hoping um, I'm hoping obviously hoping for a win on the road. And I think I actually didn't know you said Howell is the number one prospect at NFL draft is over uh, quarterback Radler. Really? Maybe. I that's. 
you know, just just going by Probably. what I hear. Just some rumors. It changes every week. It changes every week. I yeah. believe you. And you have Fresno State beating UCLA. Yeah. I want you to be able to what do you think about that? chest that one out. Peacock it. Yeah. There you go. Um, Chip Kelly, they just won their big game against LSU. They're, they're sniffing their own farts. They're, they're reading the headlines. They've had two weeks to do it. And they're sleeping on Fresno State, who is probably looking at UCLA like it's their Super Bowl. So, and Fresno mm-hmm. State gave Oregon the business. They're a good football team. Yeah, they're playing in state, playing California. Not too, not too far of a drive. Well, uh, let's let's get to the NFL slate quickly. We only have about five minutes. That's that's oh, how man. packed this show is. Um, Got an hour's worth of notes here. No, uh, Virginia Tech's on the twenty seventh of November, regular regular time. All right, Graham, give us your tiers. Give us your marquee matchups in the NFL this week besides the Saints-Panthers. Saints favored by – no, Panthers favored by uh, – no, Saints favored by three and a half, over under 44 and a half. Uh, I'm going to do what I always do with the Saints. Take the Saints and the points and the over. Who that, baby? Obviously, I like Dallas at, at the Chargers, even though Dallas's defense is decimated. Demarcus Lawrence will be out – Tank Lawrence, another tank. Tank Lawrence will be out until November, uh, maybe maybe without Randy Gregory. That's going to be a shootout. It'll be exciting, 42 to 35. I thought Dak looked go great with... against Tom Tom Brady right. in the box. It'll be, yeah, it could be uh, 10 to 12 combined touchdowns between Jalen Hurts. I mean, not Jalen Hurts, sorry. Uh, Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott in that game. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Um, I'm looking at Buffalo – just, just wanted to see them rebound. Buffalo being 0-1 after losing to Pittsburgh. Great defense on the road. Josh Allen looked a little... Who's Buffalo playing? They're playing at Miami, sorry. They're playing Tua. And Tua's coming off a win. You know, kind of a kind of a sleeper, Big Ten uh, dogfight, low-scoring game against New England. I and thought the Steelers a, out outplayed themselves. I don't think the Steelers are that good. I still don't believe in the Steelers. No, but I don't know. I mean, lost. I mean, Vegas has to go on the road after that ridiculous Monday night game. I feel like the Steelers are going to go start two and zero, but they started like eight or nine and zero last year, and look where it got them. Um, ooh, San Francisco at Philadelphia. The Eagles showed something. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, it was yeah. exciting to see. There, actually, this was something I should have brought up earlier, and I can just do this in a quick fashion. Jalen Hurts to Devonta Smith touchdown this week. Tua to Waddle touchdown this week. Mm. Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase touchdown this week. Those are the draft picks. Those receivers they picked with their old quarterbacks. They've already got chemistry. That's exciting to have. It is. Um, marquee, marquee game is a Sunday night football game. Kansas City at Baltimore. Kansas City favored by three and a half on the road. Baltimore has definitely become the issue. Kind of the 49ers this year. The injury bug has just been decimating them. So a little worried about that. Yeah, I I think the Niners are kind of like they're they're what it. Uh... The guy on Tombstones say they're out for blood. Out for blood. I want your blood. Yeah, I I think the Niners are. I mean, God, the the West, Seattle, San Francisco. Um, why am I, why am I blanking the rest of that league? Rams and Niners. Rams, Rams and Niners. Niners. They're oh my, they're gonna be so good. Yeah, Minnesota and Arizona. That's a good game. Uh, Kirk Cousins on the road. Uh, Kyler Murray looked amazing on the road, beating the hell out of Tennessee yeah. at, in Nashville. Um, I'm also excited to see the Andy Dalton revenge game, and I'm hoping this will be, maybe be the beginning of Justin Fields. If Andy Dalton doesn't show up, 
Chicago will bench him. Joe Burrow going on the road at Chicago, at Chicago coming off a win with a time-expiring defeat of the Minnesota Vikings in overtime, a time-expiring mm-hmm. overtime win, which yes. doesn't happen very often. No. Um, let's back up to Kirk, Kirk Cousins a second. Who the Vikings play again? They're playing at Arizona. This is this is me like so focused on college football. I didn't even take a look at the NFL slate. But Kirk Cousins can't throw the ball downfield. He has so many weapons: uh, Jefferson, Thielen, um, Dalvin Cook. He turns around and hands it off to Dalvin Cook, or he throws a bubble screen. Like all his touchdown <laughs> passes are within like the ten yard line, and it's and it's just he's not good. And I don't understand. I mean, I do understand how they have success because they manage him well, but I don't understand between the marriage of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I just don't buy it. No, I don't either. I feel like, yeah, I mean, that was one of those things where, uh, was it Griffin who said he was doo-doo or whatever? Who? Robert Griffin III said that? No, no, no. The defensive defensive tackle who went from Minnesota, left for a year, came back, and he had that tweet that it, it was out there in tweet world, Twitter world, where he was like, oh, yeah. Kirk Cousins stink goodbye or he doo-doo or he poo-poo or something yeah yeah we, we i don't know it was a quote of the week a few weeks ago but yeah i mean minnesota i think he was right all along and minnesota and kirk cousins it is just a kind of a rocky marriage that might cost mike zimmer's job eventually so but mike zimmer's um, a hell of a coach like he is a football guy's guy through and through and he's a hell of a coach and he's he's got all the pieces around him they just mer- like that contract that kirk cousins has is just just silly. It's just stupid. Yeah, and I think the whole NFC West after this week, they're all going to be two and zero. So okay. just a little, you know, little cream on top of cream there. All right, give me give me one more game, uh, something that we can sink our teeth into for the next minute. I do like well, I do like Jalen Hurts being the guy in, in Philadelphia. I did not think he was going to be that guy, and he's proving at least week two. He's proving me wrong, and I and I enjoy that. Yeah, they they blew the they blew the roof off Atlanta at home. Atlanta, Atlanta is bad. Atlanta is really bad. Well, I guess the the Manning cast game will be interesting because it'll be Green Bay coming home after, you know, just getting destroyed. Do they boo Aaron Rodgers at home? You know I love a good A-Rod boom, even if that means Alex Rodriguez too. And I'm hoping Detroit can come in and keep it a little close and it'll be like a little interesting. It's gonna definitely gonna be a get right game, but you know, Jared Goff's been to the Super Bowl, he's got some, he's got a little pedigree in him. Maybe there'll be, you know, something there. Maybe it'll be kind of a close game and make the Packers sweat at home after starting off on an awful 0-1 against the Saints. Aaron Rodgers is going to lose these first, like the first month. He's going to go two and two or like one and three, and he's going to have some quote of like the relaxed quote we had from so many years ago that was so memorable, and then just go off. That's my prediction. <laughs> He's, he's going to look a little less like me at the press conferences, all strung out, and he's going to look like a pro. He might get a haircut. People were, like, bashing his hair, which was weird. I was like, dude. I know you don't like that. I was like, the man bun is back, right? Right? Like, guys, we're, are we bashing the man bun? Where did it go? I mean, yeah, and I'm also excited to see Stafford in Indianapolis, uh, Tennessee at Seattle, see if Tennessee can, you know, even stay in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, the AFC South is looking awful. Like, it could be the new NFC East. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stafford, it's it's his best coming out party as a 39-year-old quarterback ever. He's finally <laughs> he's finally looks like he's having fun playing football. 32, he's got time. Brady's playing until 50, so he's got time. He's got I'm older than Stafford. I feel like I was watching Stafford play when I was in, in college. 
Barely. You probably have the same. You probably born the same year. He's got a. He's got a later birthday. Maybe he's born in December or something. Okay. Well, sports fans, that is all the time we have for you. Enjoy your week two of NFL, week three of college football. Pack show. Tell your friends. Download the podcast. That is it, and that is all. <laughs>